Welcome to, uh, there we go, welcome to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal. I'm Treacherous Trissa. And we're joined by Cindy Sanabria, women of color and horror, horror tour guide, and a lot of cool things. It's very good to have you here. Thank you. Very glad to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I've known you for a while, but this is the first time I've actually spoken with you. Yes, yes. I am um, actually I promoted some of your stuff on the yeah. horror tour video. Yeah. So and actually, I, I believe it was kind of like in the first year that I had just launched. So I was just kind of like hungry to promote. And, you know, and it's been going well. I'm, I'm very thankful to be here. I'm very thankful for my friends and supporters and my fans. And yeah, we're, we're going in on a, going on a third year now with horror tour guide. So I'm very excited about that. <laughs> when, when you launched that three years ago, uh, you know, what was the idea behind it? Well, it was basically a vehicle so I can help kind of like have a have a platform where I can promote my own stuff and, you know, create content and help other people like underground filmmakers and indie horror people, not just filmmakers, but I just kind of want to celebrate all things horror. And that's kind of been the motto and the mission of Horror Tour Guide. And we've kind of stuck to that. And so, yeah, we still to this day with, you know, anything, any horror creators, it doesn't necessarily have to be filmmakers, but we, um, you know, all encompassing is what I think. So if you make sculptures and, you know, and I'll show you guys a couple of things, for example, like this guy right here behind me was made by one of my uh, fans. And also we interviewed him as well, Alexander Reno. So, and he's talented. I mean, he painted that. So um, yeah, a lot of creative people. I just love helping promote people. It's helped a lot of people, actually. Um, I I recently, it's funny, I, I don't want to mention her name because she's working on a project right now, so I don't want to kind of blow that up. But um, so a cult classic director, she has a, a cult classic film. Um, she, I had reached out to her about a month ago to see if she would be willing to to give me an interview for both horror tour guy and women of color and horror because she is a, a female of color and horror. And um, she she told me, yeah, you know, in January. So we're going to be I'm going to be um, she's going to actually be announcing her project in January on my site. But, um, you know, I got a email from her a few days ago and she was like desperately asking me for a a makeup artist and, and asking me if, if I, if I interviewed him and I said, yeah, as a matter of fact, I did. And it was a month prior to that. So I sent over his interview to her and um, she was like, I've been looking for this guy and he's phenomenal. He's worked on so many commercial films and, you know, and so, yeah, I connected them over the weekend and it's, it's kind of funny. It's like they made that. And these are two like professional, like, you know, very high, high end industry people that kind of came together and connected through them the horror tour guide. So, it, and you know, and people have gotten hired, have gotten commissioned to work, have networked with others. So it's actually a good platform and it's been growing. A lot of people um, like the little horror travel blogs that I have, because like I said, horror tour guide has a lot of, a lot of little nooks and crannies. And, and so I do a lot of, um, I travel to horror destinations and yeah. Interesting. And yeah. <laughs> well, for, I guess people who haven't been to, to uh horror tour guide, uh, like what, what does the name mean then you're touring around all of horror, like you're saying? Yeah, it's a virtual horror tour experience. So you're touring the horror realm through us, so to speak. And, um, so it's supposed to be like your one-stop shop for your horror needs. And, you know, you go there and, you know, you're a gamer. There's a place 
you know, you can play free video. Everything on our site is free. You know, we ask for donations, but like, you know, but everything is offered free. We don't we give everybody from free promo to, you know, um, we offer things if we if they're available online and we can offer it to our fans. Um, yeah, it goes on the horror tour guide. So it's been been a really good thing but actually now the horror tour experience is is going to um I, i'm embarking on a big project now with the horror tour guide and um, i'm very excited about it so i mean talk about it yeah, well, you want to say that for later or yeah in a little bit, a little bit. We'll save the all best right. for last. <laughs> all, right, all right so stay tuned yes sir yeah and right now uh because the world we live in, you know, uh, it's nice to have a virtual place to go and, and, and find these things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you you mentioned- should fast, Neil. You got a great, you got a great thing going on here without your head. Well, thank you. It's very cool. And it's awesome that Trista joined and we went to video and it's been a lot of fun. Amen. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, I don't know. I kind of always wanted to do the video show, but uh, the pandemic kind of, you know, made a... Uh, not easier to do, but it's like now I really need something to do. So, yeah. and it also I think uh, it helps that people gives people something to do. Mm-hmm. It takes people's minds off things for a while. Absolutely, that's fun. And I like what you said about you know you got two people together to uh, to work on a project together because I think the community aspect of uh, of the podcast and the websites and really the whole horror community it, it, to me that's a big part of uh, being involved. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But before you uh before you started the uh the tour guide like uh were you how involved were you in horror um before the horror tour guide i actually started the horror t- tour guide here when i moved to florida because i didn't know really anybody to network in the horror realm and really couldn't find like opportunities in film period so i created my own and um but prior to that i lived in um california i was living in la for 2 years um before that was new york but when i the two years that i was living in california i produced i don't know if you've heard of the witchcraft um movies witchcraft and they have a whole series and i was uh the line producer and co-producer of the last three 14 15 and 16 they're already up there and um yeah and i also produced and um directed produced and shot like this it was kind of like a spec trailer for a a, a a feature film that I don't, I don't really know what happened to that, but um, yeah, it just things were going a little too slow in California for me. They weren't moving fast enough, so that's what I was doing. But I and I was working on a a, a web series for a production company that I had started in New York called the Writer Scene, and um, I did a lot of things with Writer Scene in New York. That was kind of like where I made my my started to make my name as a filmmaker in New York. So a lot of people that those fans and stuff i mean we used to pack house with our variety shows in new york so if anybody's watching you know we're we're on the horror tour now but you you can still get you know some good stuff from that <laughs> did you find there's also a horror community in florida i'm sorry did you find there's also a, a horror community in florida once you get, get yeah. to florida yes 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 i started finding them <laughs> well that's part of you know i started um branching out and really like researching and you know yeah i started finding a lot of people i've networked with a lot of people i started going to the horror cons spooky empire you know there is a horror community it's not as populated over here as it is in like you know new york and and you know and california 
hopefully it will pick up. But yeah, that's, you know, but Spooky Empire, Megacon, you know, um, Megacon was really big out here. Spooky Empire was kind of a little empty. And but for horror fans that, you know, they don't have to wait online. <laughs> you know, I know those Christine Ricci, Christina, Christina Ricci fans were like elated. They only had like maybe eight people ahead of them. <laughs> I mean, there's something to say about the uh, I think for the uh, the conventions that aren't as huge because they're more intimate and it's uh, you can actually talk to the people, you know, a little bit longer than just waiting in line for an hour. I know it's not maybe uh, the, the best money-wise for everybody, but... Oh, did she freeze? Yeah. I think she may have froze. It's a great oh. skill. She looks great. That's Hello? true. Yeah, you're back. All right, you froze. Okay. Uh, I was like, oh, my God, I froze. <laughs> <laughs> As Krista said, it was a great still, though. So. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. <laughs> it <Yeah>. wasn't <laughs> awkward or anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Trista, do you have a question? I'd love to know some of your favorite horror movies. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so I have like a fave in like every category, but I'm not going to go. <laughs> well, I would say like, I'm a big um, 80s horror fan. I like 80s, 90s classics. Um, so um, I love Bram Stoker's Dracula. I love a lot of like fantasy horror, like uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Um uh, Halloween three, I think it's underrated. I know a lot of people think it sucks, but I, it's actually one of my favorites. It's always been one of my favorites. I'm glad people like it now. I, I remember when I was a kid, I was really like the only person. I personally think it's the best Halloween sequel. I I do so. I I love it. Um and um, I like uh, wow, this you know it's so funny. Poltergeist, like the original. I like the original Pet Cemetery. I mean, actually, I will put that up as one of my top tops. It's one of my favorites too, and it's weird. I, I see a lot of hate lately for the original Pet Cemetery, and I'm always dumbfounded by that because I always thought it was one of the best uh, Stephen King adaptations. Absolutely, me, like, really I think it's such an excellent movie. film. I mean, there's so many great films out there. I'm, you know, in terms of sequels, I would say kind of like Hell, Hellraiser, Hellbound. You know, that's like one of my best. I like Evil Dead too. Um, I'm not. You know, I love Reanimator. So I like really like creative, outrageous films. Um, I like a lot of HP Lovecraft, like, you know, adaptations, like the Beyond from Beyond. And I'm a big like uh foreign film horror movie buff. So Takashi McKay, I'm I'm a huge fan. So I love all his like stuff. He's a lot he's really crazy with his stuff, but like um, you know, Chanwell Park, I like uh Martyrs, that's like French horror. Um, I like more foreign horror than I do American horror. They have more creative control as to what they can do. You know what I mean? So it it kind of give it. You can see like the you know the vision more. You know they don't have a censorship the way we do over here. So yeah, like Lucio Fulci, I'm a he's like one of my faves. Demons. Told you I could go on forever. <laughs> That's good though. <laughs> time, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> It's yeah. better than like, man, I don't, I don't like any horror movies. That oh, would be bad. I wouldn't even be on your show. <laughs> I mean, I would think, you know. Yeah. Well, I, we've had people who don't like horror movies on the show. I'm always kind of dumbfounded by that. But like, yeah, I've done all these horror movies, but I hate horror. I would think you, would, think, I would think you just lie and say like, well, yeah, I like horror movies. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> just name so, some big ones. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh no, I, I freaking love horror. I really do. Uh, uh, were your family always cool with you watching horror movies? 
actually, my mom's a Christian and her husband owns a church. So she wasn't like a really big fan of it, right. to tell you the truth. But yeah, especially uh, Hellraiser, probably. Yeah. But but you know what? Believe it or not, my mom's down. She's cool. She watches my stuff. She That's like, right. you know, I broke the mold. I broke the mold. I, you know, she watches my stuff and, you know, she supports me on a lot of things. You know, she's given me locations to shoot at when I had to shoot my thesis, which was all horror and. It was funny because there were people in the house and they were like, oh, demon stuff going on. I'm like, no, it's just a damn movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not really on topic, but I was just thinking Hellraiser because uh, lately been going, I get all these new guidelines, which if you're on YouTube, you probably have them too. Of like, and uh, so when I put up a video, you have to check all these things like, you know, adult, all this stuff. And on the language, they, they include hell and damn as light swearing. And I was like, what what world are we living in? <laughs> like, and then I was just thinking, could I? You couldn't even put Hellraiser in the title Ooh. of a video. Well, you can, but you know, it would be like flagged as adult. I don't you know. Just Very push the L out for the P and call it Hell Razor. <laughs> yeah, Heck Razor. Heck Razor. Heck boy, yeah. and yeah, <laughs> that actually kind of make me laugh. Actually, and Nicholas Vince from Heck Boy on the well, Heck get Razor nowadays to get your your stuff across. It's kind of you know, with the censorship, I think it, it really puts a damper on the horror community because, I mean, you know how many times I got flagged, <laughs> you know, for just posting horror movie posters or, you know, horror jokes, you know what I mean? They just don't get it, you know, so it kind of makes it hard for us to promote our stuff when we want to get real bloody and gory and, and not be censored. Damn you, censorship. Damn you, Facebook. <laughs> Yeah, Ashley here in the chat room put, I don't know if she censored it or if, or if YouTube censored it, but she put H-E and then it's got a, you know, Hellraiser, but it's, I don't know. She might have censored it to be funny, so I'm not positive. But they have like hockey sticks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Very strange. Yeah. In your emojis, you just put two little hockey sticks, <laughs> double hockey right. sticks. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, women of color and horror. Yes. When did you start that page? Um, I started uh, Women of Color in Hara in September, and I would say mid, uh, either late August, early September. And um, um, I've been, yeah, it's been growing slowly but surely. But we have a great like network of women already, like powerful women that are in the industry, like phenomenal, phenomenal women. I like want to give them all shots, shout outs because that's what I do. I mean, I launched Women of Color in Hara to, um to kind of help, uh, you know, celebrate, you know, women that are in this industry that go unheard, you know, they're doing work, they're busting their ass, they're looking for jobs. And, you know, they're kind of like, we're in like the shadows. And unfortunately in horror, you know, women of color is like all the way on the bottom, you know what I mean? And, um, and so, so I wanted to like, um, and I, I kind of did a little test like Nia DaCosta. Do you guys know who Nia DaCosta is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're very excited about the new Candyman. Yeah. Right. And th that's See, a good point, though, because people don't even, I think most people don't even know she's the director of, no. of the new Candyman. No. And, you know, I don't know if you guys know this, but she's also been commissioned. She just got slated. She's working currently now on Marvel 2. So she's the first black woman to direct a Marvel film. And that's huge. You know, so it's like, I have told this to people of color, like Nia DaCosta, and they're like, what? You know, like the little cookie, cookie, you know. Um, but, you know, it's kind of sad. And she comes from Harlem. She's like from my part of town. So I'm like, you know, it's like 
uh, there, but there's so many women like her. You know what I mean? So many women that have done so much stuff. I mean, I just recently found out of a, a woman of color and I was ashamed of myself because I'm like, damn it. I like, like this film. And I never knew that a woman was the writer, producer, director, you know, and, and a woman of color in the eighties, like, you know, amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so it's just a place right now to support group for women in the industry, not just, well, horror and all the subgenres. So sci-fi thriller, um, any kind of like dark suspense, you know, um, we kind of like welcome it all creators, new ones and and people that are already kind of like conditioned in the industry or whatever, you know, because they can also help others out. And we all kind of like support each other. And whenever I come across opportunities, um, I throw them on there. So there's like, you know, an opportunity with Sony. There was like a Sony filmmaking competition and, you know, like trying to get involved with more organizations so they can. So eventually I could create like exclusive opportunities for women of color, but like everybody's free to join. It's, it's about for and um, about for for and about women of color by for and about women of color. So, I mean, you don't have to be a woman of color, you know, to be right. involved, but it just we're just kind of sticking to that mission, that mission. So it's a niche market is slowly building. But I mean, we have women all over. I mean, people from HBO, Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, these are all very you know women that own film festivals horror producers like amazing stuff like they have films out right now on amazon and you know netflix and stuff like that so yeah it's it's amazing it's very exciting is um i'm very excited to have launched it at this time i mean i can't begin to tell you the amount of women that really have me for this and women that are like higher in higher positions in their you know in their career at this point than i am and they, you know, they're really like supportive of it. And yeah, it's been it's been good. It's been good. I've been, I, and I keep meeting wonderful women. And, I, you know, it's amazing. It's, it's And I just launched a website a few weeks ago. So, um, yeah. What's the website? What's the um, URL? www.womenofcolorinhorror.com. Yeah. Um, did you... Uh... When you started getting into horror, like in the community and, and the movie uh, wise, did you feel accepted? Did you feel any of this? Like that? Uh, do you, did you feel welcome? Yes and no. You know, more. And I'm not trying to be funny, but more from the men than the women. You know, um, unfortunately, I'm not going to mention names, but I have supported a lot of women that we know in the horror community. You know, and supported their stuff, and I. Not all of them support me quite the same. Some have been like quite shady. You know what I mean? So it's it's fine, you know, but there was something, you know, I kind of want to talk about it without because I'm not trying to throw out any negativity to anybody either. I just kind of want to say, you know, being a woman in general has been very difficult for us in the horror genre, which is why I was so excited getting into this and really reaching out to these women. And when I'm like, literally breaking down doors just to promote them or feature them. I mean, free promo and they're kind of treating me like they're Steven Spielberg. And I'm like, you know, then it becomes a problem, you know? And also in regards to films and opportunities, like I have seen other people kind of connect with other people and I'm, you know, just as talented, if not more, you know, more experienced. And, you know, it's like, I wasn't given that chance. I kind of created my own path. You know, I really haven't had handouts or anything like that. I, I break my, my back to get where I'm at. You know what I mean? And, um, but I'm doing it not just for me. 
I'm, you know, I'm worried. I'm doing it to pave the way for a lot of other women that have gone through the same or, or are going through the same, but, but, but really, you know, can't move past the, you know, I, I don't care. I'll, you know, I'll keep it pushing. I'll voice my opinion, but some women are more on the quiet end, but they're, you know, quietly supportive. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, but there are women, you know, so, so it just kind of bothers me when, you know, we're all women, we should stick together and kind of help each other out not kind of like separate each other. And not because you have a higher end than you're like, you know, forgetting other people. And I actually have seen that in a lot of places and that has really bothered me. And that was the purpose of me launching Women of Color and Hara. For example, I, I did, um, I had an interview with this. Um, she's black and Spaniard. She's a special effects makeup artist. Kick at, can I curse? I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay, she's a kick-ass um, makeup artist. I'll just have and to she, check swearing on. That's fine. <laughs> and she, and she, um, and she's from, um, I believe she's from Austria, and and she's like in a small little village, you know, and and like she was telling me, it's even harder for her because you know she's she's black, she's a woman of color, you know, and you know her dream is to come to you know America and do more work because. She, you know, that's where, and she said, anytime she gets a job, she has to travel to another country. She, there is no active like film market in her, in her vicinity. So she's struggling and her, I mean, her makeup level is like awesome, you know? And, um, you know, so I would like to eventually maybe in the future, create like these foreign exchange programs for women here that can go out to these countries, like, you know, Europe and England or China, Japan, and, you know, and eventually when, when all this craziness with the pandemic, right, right, over, yeah. you know, and they can they can have these jobs and these experiences and do the same for these women out, you know, like bring these women in from Pakistan or India or you know what I mean? And and so they also get a cultural experience, but they also, you know, they can they also have the experience in working in the industry and, you know, here in America. And and it really does matter to a lot of, you know, people foreigners out of this country you know working for america or being in america and vice versa there's people that want to travel out but they can't you know they're lucky if they get a job that pays them for a week maybe 600 bucks you know what i mean so yeah it is a hustle mm -hmm. but if uh, you love it stick with it right <laughs> yeah tristan do you have a comment or a question about what we just talked about um well, I, I have a different question, not about what we just talked about, yeah, although I do think that's a great and fascinating idea. Um, uh, I, I, I see in regards to filmmaking, you wear a lot of hats, you do it all. I'm wondering uh, which is your favorite? Um, over the years, I tried to like cut my responsibilities in filmmaking. <laughs> I had a mentor um, one time that told me, and she asked me, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a writer, a producer, a director, special effects, makeup artist. I'm a grip gaffer. I mean, I, I read it all to her, right? And she told me that in order to be good in your, your field, nobody wants kind of like a jack of all trades, even though it, as an independent filmmaker, you kind of, you have to be like that. But when you're thinking commercial, they don't kind of want that. You know what I mean? So it's like, I would say more writer, director, and in some cases, producer, you know, I would say that the, that's like my major thing. I do makeup, but I'm not like the greatest special effects makeup artist. I'm not, I'm no like, you know, um, Dick Smith or Nicotero, you know, 
but I can make some blood and I, I've worked on some prosthetics. I could do bruises. I, you know, I started, you know, doing makeup for my own films because I couldn't, I couldn't hire a makeup artist per se. So I just started doing that only because I was kind of like in a situation where I kind of had to do that. I think having the base knowledge on a lot of different things also would just help, you know, being a producer and working on a film, even if you're not hands-on at that part, you have some knowledge about it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I produced uh, a few films. Um, Yeah. It's a lot of work. I mean, it's all a lot of work, but you know, hard work pays off. Right. Um, Ashley, uh, here in the chat, she says, I honestly found more acceptance from the men as well. Uh, it's so competitive, hard as women to get a, a leg up in film. So I think it creates a territorial environment from our female peers, not all, but some. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And she also asked a question here. Uh, uh she wants to know, um, she has her own f- uh, film festival and wants to know, uh, um, do you think there should be more uh, judges, well, female judges on uh, on panels? Um, yes, I, I think so. I'm actually getting into the whole. I'm, I was asked um, last week to be um, by a former publicist from Shriek Press. Um, he asked me to be a judge for, um, I believe it's the Fantasy Horror Fest. So next year I'll be the judge on on you know one of the judges on that panel. But I, I do feel that, yeah, a, a good mixture, you know, have like a good diverse mix of men and women. Oh, you mentioned um, some of the conventions in Florida. Do you also do the festivals? Um, I've done, I used to do more festivals when I was living in California and um, and New York. But yes, like I do, I, I did Scare Fest and um well chiller theater is a con so yeah but yeah if i find it i go right right yeah i've never been to chiller i know it's one of the oldest uh, conventions and i watched the we had a uh documentary about it and in our facebook page for severed limbs our our virtual film festival but yeah i've never been to it Um, you you should definitely go i met um tom savini there george romero um eugene clark and i'm still friends with him I bumped into him. I, I think he was at like, I'm not sure if it was Empire Omega, but um, he remembered me because I kind of see him in like every stage. <laughs> like, oh, there you go again. Kind of like Lloyd. Lloyd Kaufman, he's everywhere. Yeah, he's yeah, and he's in every movie too. Yeah, I, I love Lloyd. He's hilarious. No, I like Lloyd. He just made um, Shakespeare Shitstorm. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah and I, <laughs> I'm halfway through the film. Uh-huh. Is that, um? I think Doug Sackman worked on it because I see, yeah. But yeah, uh, they're saying that he's saying that's his last uh, movie he's going to direct. Is it? Yeah, we'll see. That's that's what he claims. Interesting. Well, I'm going to have to have a talk with him because he asked me to write something, and and I and I finally started writing something for him. So I reached out to him. So I'm going to be like, um, well, I'm sure that you know Trom will keep putting out movies, but he himself uh, says he won't be directing any more. Um, actually. I just connected with a girl that made two shorts for trauma. I'm putting her on a panel um, next week. Her last name is, give me one second. I'm sorry. I just met her. Catalina, Catalina Querida. And she just made two shorts for trauma. She actually, if you look her up, she, um, on trauma already. She already made a few shorts for trauma. And she's Latina. 
Chicana. Yeah. Have you ever been to Trauma Studios or what do they call the, the place in New York? Trauma. Yeah, um, Studios is it? It's not by Silver Cup. Um, it's in Queens. I met I met Lloyd a long time ago when I was like in film school, and um, I had already seen Tromeo and Juliet and Toxic Avenger, but I didn't make the connection because I was still kind of like new into like all that. And I used to work for this guy named Mick Cribben that he's, um, you know, he's kind of like all over in the industry too. He's done sound and editing and DP work. And he had his own um, production house in New York City called Film Friends. And I worked there. I interned there for about a year. And I remember he, he asked me to go deliver some stuff to Lloyd. <laughs> and I took... Um, he gave me like this envelope and stuff. And it was like the best experience ever. Like I spent the rest of my afternoon with Lloyd Kaufman and he was so sweet. He was giving me like the, the mega tour of his studios. And um, he brought me into some like DVD kind of room, library room with posters and all kinds of stuff and signed a bunch of stuff for me and gave me a whole bunch of stuff. And, and then asked me if I wanted to work for him. But then he was like, you know, if you think you're getting treated bad by Mick, it was like, I'm a whole lot worse and you're not going to get paid. Notorious. Yeah. And I'll work your ass off, but you're not going to get paid. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh-huh. So, yeah. I always like the, there's a lot of people over the years who work for, for trauma or had their movies distributed by trauma. And it's always one or two answers. Either they really got a lot out of it or it's like their, the worst experience of their life. So, but I always find it fascinating that it's one or two, uh, one or two things. I think if you're first starting that Lloyd is definitely uh, a direction to go, you know, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think he's better than, than David Sterling. I hope, you know, I produce for David Sterling, but I did the witchcraft films for him. But um, um, David Sterling, like trauma is like the king of the, the low budget films on the East Coast. And, and David Sterling considers himself to, you know, the same on the West Coast. So, you know. But but I don't know. There's something he's a little more ostentatious, you know, and I just found out. I don't know if you guys know this, but I have to tell the story because it's hilarious <laughs> because Lloyd has like he's like no holds barred this man. So um, I heard about a decade ago. He was promoting, if I'm not mistaken, it might have been Rabbit Grannies. I'm not sure. But um, he had everybody dressed as zombies mm-hmm. and um, they like bum rush cons like the con film festival and he got he got escorted out i mean they literally kicked him out and i mean removed his film from the like from the film festival everything it got like real you know and every and it's so funny because last week i was speaking to a couple of industry people that were at cons and they're like you know that's not it's not how you behave you know we understand we get that he wanted to sell his film but like you know so it's like, you know, he's, he's yeah. a different kind of animal, but he doesn't give a damn. And right. I like, you know? yeah. My opinion is that it really depends what you're looking, what you're trying to get out of your work with trauma. If you're, if you're doing some with trauma thinking you're going to get money, like yeah. a lot of money, you're probably gonna have a terrible experience, but yeah, do it to have fun if you're going to do it and, and expect not much money. Don't expect much money when you do, you know, but it's going to be a great experience. He'll get it seen. He'll do, you know, yeah. he still has great marketing and promotions, you know? Yeah. You know, a friend who made the movie bloody banjo came out a couple of years ago and he said his film school was working on a trauma movie. Mm-hmm. So he worked on a trauma movie. He didn't get paid. He slept on the floor, but he, he watched the, the production 
and learn how to make a movie while he was, you know, on set. And I was like, you know, he said he didn't go to film school. He learned to make a film working with Troma. And I was like, you know, he got something out of it. Eli Roth started with um, with Lloyd. You know, there's oh, a yeah, lot yeah. of James actors. Gunn. And yeah, that's why exactly. he's in uh, the James Gunn. He always has a cameo on the James Gunn movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It, all depends, it all depends what you're looking for. But I also know I was friends with Joel Reed, who made Bloodsucking Freaks, and he says he totally robbed him from the movie, oh, out of the movie. So there's, I, uh, you know, I, don't, I, I just some, go by some what people love him, some people hate him, right? right. <laughs> Uh, Tristy, you have another question? I know things are a little, or a lot rather, uh, different this year with COVID, obviously, but I'm wondering if you did anything special for Halloween. I did. I went to, um, there was like a Oviedo Mall. So I, I, um, I recently became friends with um, Rick Gonzalez. He's a, a special effects makeup artist. He was on um, Savini's team with Day of the Dead. And um, him and his wife, they own a, like, his wife owns, like, a costume shop out in the um, mall out here. And um, he invited me over, and we went, and he made my daughter into a zombie. And um, and it was really cool. Like, right next door, they had, like, there was a lot going on, actually. We were there for hours. I mean, they came home with so much candy. I still have candy in my bag. You guys want some? <laughs> and, I take um, Yeah, and uh, I there was, zero like, trick or treaters. <laughs> they had um this like theater there's like this theater company in the mall and so all their students kind of like like made like this virtual horror i kind of walked through it's like you know i and you know it was really cool it was really cool they staged like maleficent and they had a couple of people in there it was it was really cute and it was like a free walk through every everybody was like really supportive during during the uh yeah, Halloween this year. I'm so happy because I, I didn't have any expectations. I wasn't going to go to Screamageddon or Bush Garden. I mean, some of those theme parks are open, but. Yeah, it doesn't seem too wise, I don't think. But No, and I'm a huge fan of Halloween Horror Nights. I mean, oh, I yeah. cried. I cried, you know, because I had a season season pass this year and um, since last year. So I was like, really? Really? No. But they're smart about it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I usually go to uh, this twelve-hour horror movie marathon in Brookline, and it's from midnight till noon the next day. Yeah. This was the first year I didn't go. They actually still did it, but they did it outside, not as a drive-in, just outside. Yeah. And um, this is New England, and it snowed, and I, it looked kind of fun, honestly. But I don't know. I don't think sitting outside in the in the snow for twelve hours sounds like the the best idea. Yeah. Even without the pandemic, I don't think it sounds like the best idea. No, not for 12 hours. No, it's like a two-hour movie maybe, but 12 hours. Because they did it on Friday the 13th, too. They showed two movies. I thought about going, but I chickened out. I thought it'd be too cold. Where where exactly is this? Uh, Brookline. It's uh, near Boston. They, it's oh, okay. Everyone will just say Boston. If you don't know, if you're not from Massachusetts and people say Boston, it's probably not Boston. They call everything within like two hours of Boston, Boston. <laughs> but there's many. It's I like Rock and Shock. They say it's Boston. It's not. It's Worcester. It's an hour and a half away from from Boston. So gotcha. West Mass. But that's just a, a a pet peeve of mine that everyone calls. I guess it's not not just Boston though, because I've been to conventions. They'll say so and so Chicago, and it's 
it's in Shamsburg, which is not Chicago. Or I've been to one that was in Seattle, and it wasn't Seattle. It was like the suburb of Seattle, and mm-hmm. it was like an hour away. But Atlanta, same way. I've been to a convention that was Atlanta, and it was in Peachtree City, and it was Peachtree City. They're they're known. It's the it's the capital. It's the golf cart capital. So it was all these very elderly people, nothing against them, riding around in golf carts, but it's not the best environment like, for horror movie like convention. areas in Florida. Right. <laughs> the people weren't, like, really into it. <laughs> I can't blame them, but... It's, I uh, love those marathons. There's not so many places that do it. Um, There is a... When I used to live out in L.A., there was, like, this theater in Santa Monica... Um. And they they held an event twice a year. And it was like one of the most amazing, like all nighters that I've ever been to. And I mean, by the end of the night, like, I mean, the, it's packed when you first get in there and, you know. Yeah. And then people, people leave night, throughout. Yeah. Like 30 people. We're like, we survived and we're leaving with like DVDs and posters and all it's this. It's funny junk. you say that because uh, Coolidge After Midnight's a company that does it at Coolidge Corner Theater in, in Brookline. And uh, yes. they give out these pins. I survived the, the marathon if you make it That's through the whole night. That's so cool. I love that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's very fun. They So they do a double feature. They always have two, like, movies that are, like, the headliners. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of them are surprise movies. So you don't know what they're going to be. So you can – a lot of people leave just after the first two movies, which mm-hmm. is kind of strange. Yeah, right? Or I, I, I think people come in at, because they gave a schedule of all the movies. So I would see people come in at about 1 a.m. to, you know, watch like a movie or two and then leave, you know, that's cool. Yeah. They usually have some kind of theme mm-hmm. this year. It was werewolves. So it would have been fun to watch a bunch of werewolf movies out. In, that's in awesome. Yeah. Especially because we're in such a, sh- a shortage of them, you know, I don't have that many good. Werewolves. Yeah. I didn't even see what they, I know they played howling was one of the, the features I think it was howling at American world in London, but I don't know what the, what the rest They're of them default. Are. those are the default werewolf films. I mean, we, we all know that it's like great, but like, you know, yeah, well, that's what they do. They have two headline films and then the rest oh. are, are surprise ones. So, which is kind of fun. You don't know what's coming. <laughs> and then, uh, then if this one, maybe you don't want to watch, you can take a nap. Have you seen on um, Wolf Cop? I actually, yeah, I found that like actually entertaining. <laughs> I didn't I like think I avoided the movie for a really long time until I seen it, and I was like, it's all right. Yeah, no, I like it too. Do you have a favorite uh, werewolf movie, Trista? Besides, I guess the the, the major ones. I like Silver Bullet. Yeah, I like Silver Bullet too. That's a that's a good one. Yeah, Bad Moon is another one. How? How? Good ones. That's an underrated one. I like the dog in Bad. It is. It is. I'm not a big fan of the transformation in it because it's some like weird morphing thing. But but I love the premise. I love the story on Mm -hmm. it, and I love like the heroic dog that you know. Yeah, the dog's awesome. It's like so awesome. It's like Hercules. I think so. I think so too. I had them when we did a list of uh, favorite uh, animals in horror. I had them on my list because uh, it's a great movie. Aww, it's so nice sweet. to see the dog as the hero in the movie. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, there's not been a, has a, not really been a lot of werewolf movies lately. You get a lot of um, zombies and clowns. How? How? Have you heard of that one? H W L. Should take a look at that one. That one's um, it's a British uh, werewolf horror. They're like on a train or something. It's pretty. Oh, really? I like it a lot, actually. I like their werewolves too. 
they were kind of creative and like switching them up too and they didn't all look the same mm-hmm. but i was good and i seen another one recently too I, I can't remember the name but i thought that one was pretty okay too they're getting better slowly but surely late phases is a recent one that was pretty good oh yeah that's it with the I, old vampire with the old werewolf that was okay wait is that the one with Jason Momoa? No, there's another one with no. Jason Momoa. Mm-hmm. Wolves. Wolves with Jason Momoa that he's like. But okay. late phase is interesting. It's about that's why it's called late phase. It's about like an old an older the old werewolf. Man? Yeah. Is it the old man that he's like blind or something? Um, I don't know if he's blind, but he's an old guy, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's good. It's interesting. It's a little different take. Uh, Ashley also Ashley says she agrees with Trista about Silver Bullet. All right. And she I also like adds Psycho Teen Wolf. Of the no, 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 no. What was that? Um, I like Cycle of the Werewolf, too. Um, oh, Teen Wolf. Of <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> wolf. Uh, wolf was my one of my favorites. Where I'm Jack Nicholson mm-hmm. and Michelle Pfeiffer. Because he, like, you know, they executed that. His acting is so awesome. He's so oh, like, yeah. phenomenal, that man. And you know that they didn't really he's gonna make in terms of like transformation on him. And he still like embodied that wolf. He still owned that shit. You know, he's awesome. I know I'm in the minority, but I actually thought the remake of the Wolfman was good, too. That's not my favorite, but I thought it was good. The Benicio del Toro one. Yep. I like some of the transformations in it. I didn't like the way they made Anthony Hopkins look. He he reminded me of like a big teddy bear at the end. (laughs) It wasn't scary at all, but some of the transformations were good. I mean, it was a great cast, too. And, you oh. know, Toro, he's Boricua, too. He's Puerto Rican. Benicio. <laughs> Ashley says uh, she has, like, ginger snaps. Oh, good one. Good one, and, Ashley. And Cursed with uh, Christina Ricci. I'm not sure I've seen that. I've seen that one. I just recently seen that. I thought it was okay. I like that one, too. I like the wolf, uh, the werewolves and dog soldiers. They look cool. I like a bipedal I, I like, uh, werewolf. You know, I didn't like Dog Soldiers the first time I watched it. I'll admit that. But giving it a go the second time around, I, I was more accepting of it. And it wasn't as bad as I remembered it the first time. I'm like, you know what? This is okay. This is actually all right. I like the Frankenstein behind you. Is, uh, oh, thank mentioned. you. Um, you can get one. Too. Um, Alexander Reynoso. Um, he's a he's a an amazing artist and he just doesn't he i mean he's a portrait artist so he has an amazing talent he did a um he has like a time lapse video that i posted in his interview amazing where he takes a door and he kind of like makes all these like zombies like trying to break out of the door it's so cool he's very talented man very smart smart guy with that paintbrush very cool i'll look him up after yeah, I, you know, I would like to give a shout out to, um, is, is this going to be like playable afterwards? Oh, or? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Actually, right. right after we end, it'll be right on YouTube. Oh, okay, great. Um, no, because, uh, there's, I recently received this a few weeks ago by another artist. I just gave her a, this is so amazing. I don't know if you could. Oh, wow. Yeah, it is. It's beautiful. It's, um, I love the color. I, an artist from Hungary. She is amazing. Um, her name is Vivian Zan- Zanzalova, I believe. I, it's very hard for me to pronounce her last name. But um, 
anyway, is I'm I'm trying to get a uh, this just came to me, so I, I'm trying to get a a proper framing for it. But she's amazing, absolutely amazing. You have to see her stuff, and her work is so colorful, and it's like dark expression, and oh, it's beautiful. Anyway, so I wanted to give her a shout out too. I love you guys. You see, when you send me stuff, I I, I give you guys shout outs. You know. That's good. It's a good way to get. Uh, that sounded bad. I was just say it's a good way to get free stuff. But that's how well, I, I'm thinking. I've <laughs> known Alex since we were in school. Okay, we, uh, I like that was like in sixth grade. So. Oh, okay, you know, that's very cool. Her, thank you. For him, he owed me one. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is the announcement? What's coming oh, up? Yeah, I got some good stuff. Um, all right. So, I am going to start a uh, heart. I'm. I'm going into production next year in February on um, horror tour guides, um, a horror doc, uh, a horror travel documentary, and um, it's I'm really excited because I've been doing all this blogging and stuff like that, and people have actually asked me if I had any videos and like people have been, and sometimes I do, but I've never really officially made like, you know, a horror travel doc. Um, so actually, it's going to be a two parter. Um, I'm doing a horror travel doc and a horror travel series. And um, so, yeah, so I'm just, I'm very excited about that. I go into production in February. Um, I think the, um, we're on Indiegogo. I'm not sure if the, um, the whole campaign officially launched, but it should definitely launch by tomorrow. I know we were like in the process of still adding like perks and stuff like that, but look for horror tour guy, please, 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 please support this. So I could bring you guys a virtual horror tour right in your home. You don't have to go anywhere. I'll bring the horror destinations to you and you will have that horror tour experience. And it's going to be fun because, you know, I could get a little loquita, little, you know, and um, do some like horror dancing and introduce you, introduce you to some like horror celebs and have some great horror experiences. And I found some great, some great, great destinations. Um, I've been in uh, talks with a lot of people. I got a lot of, um, I got some nice, some good stuff. I don't want to like, you know, blow up any of the destinations at this point, but you'll be seeing a lot and the public will have a chance to vote on at least three horror destinations that, um, so you'll see some of the places that I have in mind, but there's some that's only going to be exclusive for those, those platforms. So you, you're, um, you'll have to wait for that to come out. So I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm currently in development, um, writing a script for a paranormal, um, a paranormal feature next year. I don't want to like give these away cause I've already had two of these actors confirmed, but they confirmed on another project. So I don't want to say their names and they're like, wait a second, you didn't tell us anything about that. But, um, hopefully, 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 um, I should get these three, um, like, um, these three actors and you've seen them they've done many things um in film and it's gonna be cool and scary and i'm working with a um i i am i have plans to work with a, a video effects team out in canada they're amazing um so yeah i'm just I'm, I'm actually watching one of the films now it's it's like a french film that they worked on it's called the little girl who was fond of matches it's not a horror but it's pretty dark film and it's a little bit disturbing, actually, but um, it's oh. about a girl that has a twin sister that has she's she's a pyro. So she has like a, a problem with playing with matches and she sets her sister on fire and her sister is like 
now hideous, hideous, hideously morphed into like this creature, like burnt person, unfortunately. And you know, it's it's from what I hear, it's very tragic for like the little girl, but then she actually grows up like that, and it's it's a big thing. So, um, I started watching it, and I was just like, whoa. So it's yeah, it's a deep film, but um. These people are really good. They won two Academy Awards um, last year um, for best uh, visual effects in a film. They do animation as well, but they're not cheap. And I'll be doing a lot of fundraising. I might have to get um, some financial backing to really bring it up to the budget that I want because it's not going to be a cheap film to make. But fingers crossed, crossed, I'm making like the right connections. So hopefully, hopefully it'll it'll go well and I'll be in production on that next year. So yeah, cool. and that one's very exciting, and yeah. So the uh, the tour guide um, uh, documentary that would be like a series. Um, two. Um, so I'm doing a horror tour guide documentary. So it's gonna be like an hour to an hour and a half special, um, featuring like uh, featuring things in haunted Florida. You know, um, so I could give that away. Um, the series is going to be more like five to 10 minute, um, maybe shorts. If I do it that short, then it'll be on a platform like YouTube or Vimeo. So kind of like a shortened version. You're not going to see the same stuff on the documentary that you, you're going to see on a series, but I'll definitely make it entertaining nonetheless. If I go longer, then it may be on the series that you might see on the Chiller channel, maybe, or El Rey or something like that. <clears throat> we shall see. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had people tell me that's the way to go uh, with new projects is series with, with the, uh, with the rise of um, streaming platforms because they all need content. Yeah, definitely. Right now that's the way to go. And since I want to try to see if I can get my stuff on VOD. um, Yeah. So that's kind of like what the, the mindset is. And I'm actually making a project for that exactly. So maybe like Netflix or Hulu or someone will pick it up. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of them out there, you know. And those are the the big ones. And then there's, like you said, you know, lots of other ones too that all Netflix need uh, play, all need um. Hmm? Netflix had this um horror tour guy, uh, the Dark Traveler or the da- Dark Tourist. That was his name, and he was from England, if I'm not mistaken. He was like a British guy that had like, but he like had like these weird horror fetishes, and um, right up my alley. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't think you want to go to like Chernobyl and like in a high radiation zone to just be like, I've been here. I did that, you know, like, nah, no, you know. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. They were like in um, Fukunawa, actually, and the radiation levels were higher than the levels in Chernobyl. And he oh, did yeah. that. Yeah, he went to. um. Oh, what's his name? I keep forgetting. Um, Russ McCamey. If you know McKamey Manor, yes, yeah, uh, I had him on the show, and it was it's uh, for years. It was the mo- it would be the most downloaded every week, even years after I'm on the show, and it was insane. The people who called in, there was let's talk about Lloyd Kaufman. This was this was worse <laughs> than that. There was people called in who loved the guy, thought he was like the master, and people called in one like kill yeah. him. So yeah, he definitely has a yin yang yang thing. I don't know how I feel about the guy myself. So yeah, he well, I have a um, I did a podcast on both him and with Holly Saylor when he was like involved with Holly, and actually on my YouTube, she's 
on my on my horror tour guide on YouTube, she, her interview is actually has the most hits more than David Howard, more than everybody. She's like 50, 60,000. And Russ McCamey is like about 15, 20,000 hits or something. Um, but yeah, Russ has been trying to get me forever to go to that. I just recently had a. Yeah, he oh. asked me too after Adam. I was like, there's no, no way. Like, I could see, oh, kind okay. of see how people, because he's very. He is a charismatic guy, and he can. I could see how he could talk people into. Oh yeah, he has the gift. I'd have no sure. intention of doing this, but I could see like he. <laughs> I find him fascinating. I can't necessarily say I like him, yeah, but yeah. I do find him fascinating. <laughs> this, I mean, he doesn't do it for money. No, he says like, he doesn't enjoy like. Let's be us. There has to be some <laughs> something to him too that he likes to see people uh, in. He committed his agony. life to that. He committed yes. his life to that. So I mean, and then you're, I don't know. He he revealed his secrets on my podcast on what he does, and I found that a little when he said shot that he shoots people with some kind of something to make them. Oh believe. really? Yeah, that's what I was just like. Is that even legal? Like you, you, there's a lot of things I'm not sure about the legality. Like I know people sign a waiver, but petition. I mean, yeah, you can't like, sign a waiver like you can yeah. rip my teeth out or something. I don't know. Oh no, um, there's there's a petition, an online petition going on. I don't know if it if it reaches max yet, but there were like people like really like advocating to get them off. So they have like, I think they were trying to raise a quarter of a million votes, and they actually were close to that when I seen it. And he didn't even know about that. Like, I was like, I would like to get an interview to see, like, the controversy and all that stuff like that. But then I bumped heads with his, like, new assistant. She's such a bitch. And so I kind of, like, called her out. And, and then Russ wanted me to, you know, apologize. So I was like, dude, come on. Like, no. <laughs> like, no, he's very like, sweet with animals. He that's is. Yeah. Because that's he what is. you have to do to even do it. You have to donate, uh, like, cat food. Yeah. And he's very good with his dog. Uh -huh. and I, I've met him a couple of times he's very sweet but yes, yeah he, he scares me <laughs> yeah i i agree 100% i've talked to him a lot. i've never met him in person but i've talked to him a lot uh on the show and off the show and i find him a very fascinating guy and he is a there's a sweet i could see how he could talk you into doing things so mm -hmm. yeah, i'll just leave it there but yeah <laughs> i miss i could see him doing much worse things if he wanted to with his uh <laughs> With his powers, he told, but, yeah. He told me he tried to bring bring it to New York, and like the commissioner was like, "Yeah, you're not bringing it." <laughs> he was like, "I couldn't even get to the board. like he couldn't even get into the state. They was like not trying to have it, so they shut him down." Before he, and he had a property and everything already, like ready to open up shop, and like three days before he launched it, they were like, "Nope, not in New York." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I find it's very, I find it fascinating. I'll say that, yeah. He's he's nice to me, so whatever. And I find the ladies in his life fascinating. I found his wife very fascinating as well. Uh, like, his wife, he, his ex-wife. He was married. Oh, his ex-wife. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. crazy controversy between them two. Like yeah, she yeah. Hers, and he said that she stole from him, and he said that, and they posted courts. They get ugly. They get ugly publicly. But um, I never met I never met her personally. Um, someone said that they interviewed his son and he didn't say like really nice things about Russ. And um, Russ kind of said that he he said that 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 it's like the wife's fault and there's like kind of like still kind of drama between them. Honestly, I love Holly. I thought she was so sweet and I thought she was so like such a bubbly thing in this whole equation. <laughs> but then he even like put her through that craziness and. 
you know, I don't know. I don't know. She's not around anymore, but I really did like her. Yeah. Russ is okay. Like personally, it's, it's not a love or hate thing. It's just kind of like, you know, he does what he does and whatever. I mean, like you can't really blame him too much because you have people that are willing to do it. So it's like, you know, everybody's kind of giving him, you know, not saying that I condone what he does. I think it is kind of very sadistic. I think it it really, uh, it's you can really discuss, you know, like is this good? Is it right? Yeah, um, I can see. I see both sides of it. I find it interesting and fascinating. It's it absolutely is, but you have to also remember there's like a market for that, and just like there's a market for the people that are attracted to him, like like he's a sadist and they are masochist. You know, they want to get tortured. They know they're going in there. You know, you're going in there to get like a shit tattoo or your hair cut off or you know, teeth removed. I mean, who the hell would want to do that? Like some people just, just don't care. Or they, you know, they feel like, Oh, I, I saw this one where this girl, she had, she was this guy, or was it a guy that he was dying of cancer? And like, you know, he went through all this stuff and he was just like, like, this is what I want to do. And he only had like about six to eight months to live. It was kind of sad, but it was like, I guess. And in his way, I could kind of see where, why he wanted to do it. He wanted to feel alive, you know, but at the same time, I'm like, I feel so bad for him because he also has cancer and, and Russ is like not giving a shit. You know what I mean? He's just like kind of acting like he is, but still putting him in these situations. And, you know, it's just, I don't know. Or the girl that did have cancer or she just, you know, recovered from it. And she begged him not to cut her hair. And because he didn't put that in a contract, he's like cutting her hair. That pissed me off. That really made me upset. And you know, and she was crying and stuff like that. Yeah, I, was, I can't watch it. I I can't watch the videos. Yeah, of some it. of them. I mean, I can. Some of them are are super extreme, but like it does really. I can understand why people, you know, get the reactions that they do when they watch this video because it, it is sad. And it's like, you know, on one hand, on one end of that scope, you know, they've agreed to that. You know, you and if you've seen those videos by now, you should know what you're getting into. I mean, at one point. He was very discreet about it. He, it was all like, what the hell is going on? You get like little snippets when he was out in California. I almost did his tour. And the only reason why I didn't do it is because the person I was with said, if he puts me in a casket, I'm going to freak out. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> I think he even he finds like, out like the things that do freak you out the most. So yeah. Like, I said, oh, yeah. Best believe that might be on a contract. too. So we decided not to do it. That was like, I have a problem with people touching me. If I'm in a haunt and you're like, you know, you're making me drink like sewage water or something. I mean, the stuff he puts these people through, putting scorpions, I would die. I would die. I really would. Just the thought of that, it just makes me cringe. Oh my god. Yeah, no, I don't know how he can. I'm I'm built so opposite. Like if I if I had someone in my basement and I was watching video and they were like, "Let me go," I'd be like, "Oh my god, come out!" Like right, right. it's okay. Like I, nothing yeah, I in me. I, but I, I physically wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. I don't get the I come back. <laughs> and like you said, he seems yeah, so sweet. He seems so sweet. You wouldn't think he'd be able to put up with. Uh... Did he ask you on a tour, Trista? He didn't ask me, but I I met him in person, and he's so he's so sweet. Like no, he is say, like he's just like he seems so sweet, and also like <laughs> I like to I do worry about his. You, and he collects animal food. Like, that's a really great thing. And, like, yeah. 
he seems very sweet about his dog, but I can't relate. I know he was in the service, so you yeah, know the Navy. That's how he started um his hunts and stuff. He started on like the naval ships, and he was like commissioned to do all these like Halloween hunts and stuff like that. I love like how he got started in it. But it looks like he got like he took it really extreme once he got off that ship, you know, and he was like, yeah, in San Diego, he was doing some crazy things. I mean, people with broken bones on my show, he admitted that somebody died. Um, and that was kind of creepy. There was some woman that drowned in, in one of his like things. So, yeah, I don't know. It's like when, when, you, when it gets that far, you know, I don't know. Uh, what Trista said there is really the main reason I find him fascinating because I try to understand his point of view. Even if I watch a horror movie, I always try to look at like, try to understand the villain and try to, in a way, like in my own mind, like, hey, maybe you could somehow, you know, find a, a you know, middle ground with this villain, even though I know it's a movie and everything. But like, yeah, I try to do that with, with and I just, I can't wrap my head around this guy. It seems very sweet and nice uh being okay with like people in like pain and 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 anguish I, uh, yeah. I really hit it hurts heart. me mm-hmm. it's, it, right? i can't even watch those yeah. videos and Beyond the physical pain i think the mental anguish is 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 worse yeah. oh and he and he hates cursing so if you like <laughs> yeah. you person is hot he's like uh you just said the mm-hmm. d word they could have been bad we yeah. don't say that and oh my god he's <laughs> <laughs> Now you get to do 500 more push-ups with that tire in your mouth, you know? I'm not comparing him at all to Bill Cosby. I'm just putting it out there. But Bill Cosby <laughs> is a guy that was very anti-people uh, uh, swearing in comedy. And, uh, you know, it turned out he was doing a lot worse things. <laughs> Maybe you they know, have authority like that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Mark Savage, who we've had on the show, he makes pretty extreme films. And his mother, every time he screams him for his mother, the only thing that upsets her is if a character swears. <laughs> That's really funny. I didn't <laughs> curse so much. <laughs> That's why there's that rule on YouTube. The hell and damn. That, that still doesn't. Too far. Yeah. I wonder if you could get away with that. I wonder if there's like upside down hockey sticks. I, I mean, upside down hockey sticks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you could do it. You just have to click a thing saying that right. it does not let you do the hashtag. You won't even uh, put them up there because you can do the hashtags on YouTube. So they show up on your video. Um, I've noticed even some strange things. Like I, I tried to put hashtag people under the stairs. It wouldn't accept that. And I was like, that's like wow. people under the stairs. You can't hashtag. I don't understand. What I um what I recently found out is that come is it February or March of 2021, there's gonna be there's like okay, so right now like YouTube and all these multimedia platforms are they so everything that people like post or whatever is kind of like under li- their liability insurance. So right now there's like this awkward backward law that as long as I don't know what you're posting then you're protected, you know, for like, and, and this can go right. with, you know, like um, copyright infringement and, you know, and whatever, like, you know, so now 
but because they're taking wind of that and like the government like really got on these multimedia platforms especially with everything that's been going on from you know everything this year um that they basically said that um they are going to be liable 100 so what youtube did was kind of take a and facebook is doing it too they kind of took a jump ahead to start cleaning up shop so that way when the time comes you know what i mean that they you know they kind of like already ha have already set the rules in place so there's not like because if they start when that ban starts in february then anytime something like that pops up they're gonna be in court and they're gonna lose millions you know so it's kind of like protection for themselves like instagram still looks like they don't give a damn but you know but there are still like um you know certain platforms that yeah you're not allowed to i guess if you have children that can go on it that's a big thing on the youtube is you have to like check everything it comes up every time you put i just put that the whole channel's not for kids because you have to put yeah. It's, yeah. it's a real like is this suit is this it's not even suitable for kids it's is this made for kids mm -hmm. which it's it's kind of weird to me because i could see you could mark it's not suitable for kids i understand that but you have to mark if it's specifically made for kids so I just I'm, put no, nothing, nothing on the channel is made for kids. Yeah. The whole channel is not made for kids. Like really anything lately on my YouTube, but um, but like you know, as a mom to a kid, you know, um, I I don't, I'm not 100 percent against that. You know what I mean? Because I noticed that there have been things that you know that pop up. You know, when you have kids, you have like a lot of backward people that will use you know, animation, like things that entice children visually to get them to click. And I mean, even it could even be their favorite characters. And next thing you know, like, you know, 20 seconds in, they're cursing, they're having sex, they're, you know, doing like weird things. And these are cartoons, you know. And um, so I don't mind the censorship to some degree. I just I just have a problem when, you know, specifically, you know, there are things that kids shouldn't be on. You know what I mean? So I think that it should be really more the responsibility more of YouTube to block those kids from accessing any of that from their site. You know, it's like they're holding you responsible, but you're doing it on their platform. So they're just as responsible. You know, I don't know. I like I'm I love I love to see like, you know, my horror stuff. But I do feel like there is things there that, you know, that shouldn't be up there for kids either, you know, but it, it it's a it's a thin line for me sometimes because I mean, like I love 80s horror, 90s horror. And there's a lot of, you know, especially like 80s. I mean, they used to exploit women a lot in those films. So you will see nudity. I mean, like almost every film has a woman getting naked on her way into the tub or out the tub, getting dressed or, you know, putting on clothes. Not just that there's a lot of um not even just horror, but there's a lot of, I noticed when I was watching some, there's a lot of like slapping of women that just seems like totally normal in like a lot of seventies films. Oh, yeah. Like I yeah. watched deer hunter recently and um, he, he punches his wife at, at the, uh, at the wedding. And it's almost done as like uh, as a laugh scene and it's a serious movie and stuff, but there's no, like no one in the movie is like, wow, you shouldn't, you know, hit this woman. He just literally punch, just punches her in the face. Wow, Purple Rain. Very strange. Do you remember that in Purple Rain? Prince just like a flat Babylonia, like it's yeah. And I watched Carrie recently. There's a lot of there's a lot of people just slap uh, like Travolta slapping his girlfriend in the car, and it's really just 
it's not even like like wow that's horrible it's a horrible guy it's just like like something like a normal person would do you know slap the hysterical woman or something well men did have like a certain degree of of control over women more back then you know um and uh yeah i mean girls used to there was a lot of women that you know that were deemed insane because they just spoke up they tried to defend themselves or they you know they didn't agree with something or they didn't listen to their husbands and then they were like in all in these psychiatric you know institutions getting like pulverized with electricity and yeah so i mean women have come a long way you know Oh. Yeah, lady hysteria, right? Yeah, um, yeah, um, well, yeah, hysteria is, is directly involved with women, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the other, um, this is kind of like off topic, but kind of on. Um, there was was it the the yellow wallpaper? I can't remember who that author was, but it's about that. It's about a woman that. Um, so basically. What they used to do back in the days was that when women would have children, their children would be taken from them immediately. So they didn't have any contact because they automatically assumed, you know, the postpartum depression was going to lead to insanity or whatever. So they weren't even allowed to be with their children and their children were taken away. And these women were locked in rooms, isolated to kind of go over their, you know, their natural hormones. And so this. This story is is about that. It's about a woman that was like locked in by her husband and, you know, she had a baby probably like a month prior. And all she the the reason why that it's called the yellow wallpaper is she was in the room with yellow wallpaper and it drove her insane to the point that she like, you know, her that, you know, I guess her moment of like liberation to some degree is actually ripping the wallpaper. Like, you know, it's very, um very it's it's a very deep story and i'm not sure if this is the same lady but in actuality that woman that wrote the if it if it is the same i i don't want to confuse my writers but if it is then this woman committed suicide and um and she was a woman during these times you know and i i think that story was based on her own experience so um yeah uh, women went through a lot you know and yeah and continue to do it <laughs> So uh, where can people find all your, your websites and your, and your pages? Okay. So um, definitely follow me on, um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook mostly. Um, If you go on, um, if you come to www.horatourguide.com, you'll, you'll be on my site and you can go into the blog section. There's haunted history. Those are my haunted travel blogs. I have, um, the interviews, we have a lot of like killer interviews with some great like celebs and stuff. Um, you can follow me on Instagram um, at women of color in horror one on Instagram. I, I am trying to br- build those numbers up. You know, I know it's an, a niche market, but like on Instagram, it's so hard to like, you know, try to try to bring recognition to that. And I'm really trying to build that up. We're doing well on Facebook, but um, and and we're on the other platforms as well. But I'm really just kind of it's it's a hustle when you have to like self promote. instagram weird is really a, a visual page yeah yeah i'm not really a big fan of of instagram I, but i understand I, this world you have to have uh social media for all your different projects i know and um yeah so a uh, horror tour guide and women of color in horror www.womenofcolorinhorror if you're 
you know, if you have a film or a project involving women of color and horror, if you, you know, if you just want to come and support us, you're more than welcome. I mean, I don't discriminate if you're not. You know what I mean? I just everybody's welcome. Yeah, I just I, just, I want to tell the audience I'm not a woman of color. Oh, no shit. <laughs> you had me fooled, Neil. You're good. You're huh. good. <laughs> but yeah, no, totally come and support the ladies there and see some amazing things and. You know, who knows? I mean, maybe one day you can use one of these ladies. I mean, Neil, you have like some good women there you can like, you know, reach out to and, and reach out. I'm to sure. I'm going to be speaking at a panel at the New York Horror Film Festival in December. So everybody that is a member of Horror Tour Guide or you can sign up for free or following. Follow me if you if you're interested. Um, I'm giving everybody we got a we got a little sponsorship from them. Well, they're giving us a big discount for anybody that's interested in participating and the panels are free and, you know, film festival go virtual. I mean, they're doing it. We got to support them, you know, because they're, they're trying to support filmmakers. So it's kind of like, it, it all goes down the line. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's like the fans are at home. They want to go out, but if they're bringing the entertainment to you, then do it. You're in the comfort of your home. You can, you can be barefoot and, and, you know, drinking and, and be sitting in the audience, you know? Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the main thing I miss is film festivals and, uh, and going to theater, um, virtually, obviously I would rather be in the theater, but we can at the moment. And, uh, virtually is very fun and it's, it still has some interaction when you do things virtually. So definitely support that. Absolutely. Thank you so much too. Yeah. It was very good to uh, to see you sort of in person and talk yeah, to you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. And Trista, it was a pleasure meeting you, sweetie. Thank you. Likewise. And congratulations. Thank you. Thank on you. all your upcoming uh, endeavors. It's a lot. We're thank very you. excited for you. Yeah. It's, it's a work in progress, but it's coming along. And, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great thing. I'm having a lot of fun. And yeah, definitely join us. And and enjoy the fun with us. Okay, one thing before you go. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, you that picture. Is it Dolly or Lloyd <laughs> behind you? Oh. Oh, oh yeah. It's Vincent Price, but it does look like uh, Salvador Dali. I know. If only he had, like, a long kiss. <laughs> it's the way he's looking. He was much older. Now I can see it is Vincent. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> like, is that, like, Lloyd being funny? Or is that, like, <laughs> I'm away, but he's missing <laughs> What if I was like, that's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, man, your dad's pretty badass. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thank your you dad for on the show. Yeah. And thank oh, you. Please, yeah. please, um, this week, please, uh, the in Indiegogo campaign launches for Horror Tour, yeah. guys. And yeah, please support. And it's going to be great, guys. I'm going to, I'm going to work on some perks, some good perks for you guys. And yeah, it's going to be fun. Thank you so Very much. Cool. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Scary. From ancient terrors to the search for modern day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. Where we should have listened. The Tomb of Nick Cage. They're coming tonight! Mostly! They're coming tonight! Mostly! They're coming tonight! 
Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Tomb of Nick Cage. Oh,